Everyone tells you when you're having a hard time, especially when you had a lot of trauma as a kid, that you should go talk to someone, or they say you should find a good therapist. But for me, talk therapy didn't help that much, and I want to tell you why. I'm Anna Runkle, also known as the Crappy Childhood Fairy, and I teach people the techniques and principles that eventually led to my recovery from complex PTSD. At the beginning of 2020, I posted a video called, If I Had Just One Year to Heal, and I listed 10 things I'd do if magically I could go back in time knowing what I know now about what allowed me to heal from childhood PTSD symptoms. But this time, I had to heal it in just one year. And so I listed my 10 things, stuff like getting out of unhealthy relationships, reading groundbreaking books on trauma right away, getting off cigarettes, not talking so much about my problems, things like that. And I even made a worksheet that viewers could download to list their 10 things that they'd do if they, just as a thought exercise, knew that they had just one year to heal. So this was one of my most popular videos of the year. And two months later, dozens of people are still downloading it every day. But a few people have written to me to ask me to clarify why one of the things I put on my list was that I'd quit therapy long before I actually did quit therapy because it wasn't helping me. So I wanted to follow up on that and say, yes, I definitely wish I had quit therapy earlier, but that is not to say that I think you should quit therapy. And furthermore, I wanted to say all in the same video, what did work for me, how I did process trauma without the downsides of therapy that were making it so destructive for me. So first, if you're in therapy and it helps you, you have my 100% encouragement to keep doing that. I have therapist friends, and I've known many, many people who find therapy to be positive and transformative and a place of healing. They love their therapist so much, they can't even imagine how anyone could have a different experience. Well, I had a different experience. I know why now, and it makes total sense, but I didn't know why back then, and it was crushing to me. It made me feel so broken and alone, the way everyone just assumes that talk therapy is this great thing for everyone. And my aunt and uncle paid for me to go to my very first therapy visit when I was 14 years old. And the way it felt yucky was the same way it felt yucky every time I ever tried therapy over the next however many decades. All in all, I've seen 11 different therapists, several of them for a year or more. A couple of them turned out to be not very capable people, but the rest were well-trained and kind and sincere in their willingness to hang in there with me. Now, two of the therapists, and this was only in the last five years when I scheduled appointments for EMDR and then professional advice for this channel, only those two knew anything about complex trauma and how to handle it. And this makes sense because the science has not been published for very long. But even then, talking with those therapists about my trauma was a miserable experience for me. In each case, it cost me about three days of any ability to focus or work or express myself clearly, either speaking or writing. And that's how much talk therapy just doesn't work for me. There's a word for what happens to me when I talk about these things. It's called dysregulation. It's a brain and nervous system kind of state where brain waves and body rhythms get kind of scritchy and they get out of sync or irregular. In some cases, it disrupts physiological and cognitive processes. Now, I talk a lot about this in a lot of other videos and in my online courses, but just in case you're new to my channel or this concept, I'll just say that 
when I'm dysregulated, it can feel like sensory overload or sometimes like a big flat nothing. I get numb and clumsy and I have trouble stringing words together. My handwriting changes and if people ask me a lot of questions, I get completely overwhelmed. If I'm asked to talk about hard things that happened in the past, I feel like I want to talk about it, but very soon my ability to be present or focused just flies out the window. I've often described it as being like wearing headphones with loud chaotic music just blasting in my ears, but trying to pretend that I'm right here and everything's fine and I can hear you, but I'm totally in a state of distress. So I used to think everybody felt this way when they went to therapy. I'd come in with some normal size life challenge and within the course of the hour, I'd just deteriorate into confusion and crying. I'd be a wreck for days and the next week I'd come back composed and announce that I felt better and I hoped to continue the conversation and then by the end of the hour, it'd be like the headphones again. I could talk about my feelings, but my feelings over that hour would kind of amplify and the point that I was trying to make would just end up completely lost. It felt more like I was ranting than doing anything helpful and I would secretly be feeling really defensive because every comment or question began to feel like just bombardment to my senses. It was too much for me. So I was always treated kindly while this went on. The therapist accepted this reaction in me as just dealing with my stuff. But the life problems that had me seeking therapy, and most of them were of my own making, by the way, we never got to a point where I got any help with those problems, not even after a year or two years. And this is a slightly different reason why therapy didn't feel helpful to me, but we definitely never looked at my role in my problems. I had some dramatic childhood traumas and we talk on and on about those, but the people who did that were dead or not in my life anymore. And in present time, I had problems of my own that were sabotaging my life and hurting other people. So one strategy I had just to try to keep the conversation going towards something that would help me is um, I wouldn't tell therapists just how badly I was feeling in here. And I felt like I couldn't afford to deal with all of their feelings about that and the way that they would need or, or the way I expected them to need anyway to make me talk about that. So I was going to therapy talking about this level of problem when I was actually having this level of problem. There was this one period where I was beginning to think seriously that I didn't want to live anymore. I was not thinking straight, but at the time I didn't trust that telling a therapist about the dark thoughts I was having, I just didn't trust it was going to do anything to make it better for me. I thought it would make it worse. So it's not the therapist's fault that I was secretive like that, but in the end, considering what happened when I tried to open up, I just didn't feel safe to be honest with therapists and that does kind of defeat the purpose. Now the science of trauma and the signs that it was activated, it wasn't out there yet. So again, it's not their fault. But I wish those therapists had the x-ray vision to see that for heaven's sakes, talking about traumatic memories was destroying me. I needed another way. I remember at the very end of a session, it was always time to write a check and no therapist ever seemed to notice how much I struggled to do this one simple thing. Write their name, write the date, write the amount, spell out the amount and then sign my name. My hands would be just like shaking. My handwriting was illegible. I get so discombobulated, I'd have to tear up three or four checks before I could get one right. And these are classic overt signs of dysregulation. I didn't know what it was either, but they never said anything. 
I, I would actually feel embarrassed to be such a dope trying to do something so simple as write a check, like every time screwing it up. But now I just want to go back and hug myself and say, it's okay, this is normal when you're dysregulated. When you feel that way after something that's supposed to help you and it's not helping you, it's really hard. I'd, I'd feel so bad. I'd just go out in my car every week and cry and wonder what the hell was wrong with me. I'd have to wait sometimes 45 minutes before I could pull myself together enough to even drive the car. They never knew that. I didn't know that I had childhood PTSD. And just like so many people who have what I have, I was dysregulated. Maybe you have that too. And maybe you're hearing this for the first time. And if you're identifying with it, I just hope you feel the huge, warm wave of relief that I felt when I learned that that's why all this talk therapy never helped me. But I did get help. I got help and I recovered. And I stumbled on what worked for me. And I just hope that you can save all those years of stumbling so that you can find more quickly the kinds of help, either professional help or self-help that work for you. So I'm gonna tell you, just so you know what worked for me, and I teach all this in my online courses if you want the full story and to be walked through it, you can get that in the links below. But in a nutshell, I was able to process my trauma through techniques that didn't require telling stories. I'll tell you the smaller one, and then I'll tell you the bigger one. The smaller, quicker solution that helped me was EMDR. That's a technique considered legitimate and effective for many people that helps to change the triggered reaction that we get to traumatic memories. And I'll put a link below so you can get some information about that. But when I tried EMDR, my practitioner didn't make me tell the stories. He said, think of the traumatic memory and what you saw, what happened. And then we proceeded without me ever having to tell the details of that memory at all. And it worked. Did you know that? EMDR does not require that you talk about hard things at all to work. How about that? The second thing, the big thing, is that I lucked into the writing technique that's part of the daily practice I teach. That's the free online course I keep mentioning and the link is below in the description section. The woman who showed it to me told me to write my fears and resentments on paper. And again, this is a specific technique that you should learn if you wanna try it. But she told me then to periodically call her and read to her what I wrote. I could write about my trauma, no problem. And it turns out I could read what I wrote also with no problem. So I was able to share what was hurting me without having to just tell stories and get triggered. When I called her, she'd say, did you write today? And she'd make me just read, not tell her off the top of my head what was bothering me, but start by reading. And there are many reasons why this was brilliant, but especially in my case, it saved me from talking about trauma. Now reading to her once in a while and writing my fears and resentments several times a day always made me feel better, more composed, more regulated. It would be years before I had words for the radically healing effect that this had on me. But I knew from day one, I wanted to keep doing it. So flash forward to the present. I'm still using these techniques and teaching them to other people is the foundation of what I'm doing in Crappy Childhood Fairy. At the time of this taping, more than 60,000 people have connected with me to learn it. And I get literally hundreds of mails and comments each week with expressions of gratitude and amazement how helpful it is and questions about how to make it work better. And serving all of you is the happiest and most fulfilling calling I could ever hope to have. And I get a tiny bit of critical mail sometimes, sometimes just garden variety hate mail, which happens to anyone online. But I've gotten a few angry emails from therapists saying things like, 
you should know that people with trauma must only work through these issues in the care of a licensed therapist. Or they say flat out, who do you think you are to try to help people? And here's who I think I am. I'm someone who suffered with childhood PTSD to the point that it was life-threatening. And even though conventional methods of treatment didn't work for me, I persevered and I found techniques that work for me. I experiment, I read, I offer help to others around the world who relate to my story and are as desperate as I was to find a way to calm and heal their symptoms. And to be truly helpful, I have to be honest about what it was like before my healing and what it felt like when I tried to heal and how healing ended up happening. It's still happening. We're never done, right? And the end result is so much more than some online chat among people with a problem. The crappy childhood fairy is a place where people everywhere come to learn from each other and help each other. It's not just a bunch of videos. It's a movement. It's a revolution. And thankfully, many of the most passionate supporters and contributors of knowledge are therapists and doctors and psychiatrists and social workers and teachers and parents and writers and social media influencers. It's a movement that recognizes healing as the outcome we want, not merely treatment, not the preservation of old rules and ideas about who is in charge of healing. I'm in charge of my healing. You're in charge of your healing. We ask professionals for guidance and we ask survivors for guidance. And when it doesn't serve, we try something else. Thank God for everyone drawn to this cause into the service of helping one another to heal. God bless the therapist for everything you have tried, for dedicating your life to the service of healing, for getting us this far and being part of everything that we are now learning. We're not just victims and we're not just patients or clients or populations or at-risk youth or whatever label denies each of us the dignity, the sovereignty over our own healing. Now we are one movement. We're professionals and people who seek professional help. We're leaders and visionaries and warriors for change. We're human beings, all of us, with tremendous potential to be more than we are right now, to have more knowledge, more joy, more connection to our true purpose in this world, and yes, more healing than anyone thought was going to be possible. I'm happy and proud to be here. I feel called to be a voice of this movement. So if anyone out there is still wondering, who the hell do I think I am? That's who. And I hope you will be that too. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content, think about joining my membership program. You can find out more information about that and all my courses and coaching programs at crappychildhoodfairy.com. Remember, healing is possible. People with childhood PTSD can have a wonderful life. Sometimes we just need a few workarounds. I'll see you next time.